Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to the HR on the Offensive podcast. My name is Chris Howard. I'm the Marketing Director at Lace Partners. And today I am going to be talking to you with a very special guest about digital adoption platforms. Now, a couple of podcasts ago, we heard from the lovely Rachel Mawson and Lily Oliver from our HR adoption practice. And they talked about the value of digital adoption platforms and why you should be looking at it now. Of course, that podcast was done in a pre-COVID era where we were able to sit down and have a nice glass of wine, which is great. But what I wanted to do today is to get somebody else along to talk to us about almost what's happened since we've all been in lockdown. So I'm absolutely delighted um, today to be joined by Raj Sundarazan. Raj, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, Raj, you're the uh, regional vice president at WalkMe. So I've already done at least a minute and a half of uh, waffling on. So you're the star of the show. I'm going to uh, hand over to you just for a second, and then I'm going to fire some questions to you because we're going to talk the post-COVID area or even this kind of hybrid world that we're living in at the moment where we don't quite know whether we're in lockdown or out of lockdown or not. But before we go into all of that, can you just tell us a little bit about WalkMe, what you guys do at WalkMe, and a little bit about yourself as well, if that's all right? Sure. So I run a function that we call uh, digital transformation, which is an external facing role. So I work with customers and prospects to try and understand the business implications of adoption through their technology platforms and make sure that the platform that we built can actually help organizations execute on strategies. Right. So it's a pretty funky role, a lot of fun because I get to learn a lot prior to joining WalkMe, I was actually a customer of WalkMe. And um, I was leading a 13 country, 26,000 employee HR transformation program. And that's where a, a partner of mine brought WalkMe to the bear. And, you know, I was responsible together with the team in evaluating and, you know, uh, putting WalkMe into uh, that program of work. Hmm. So a little bit around WalkMe. WalkMe is about a 10 year old company. Uh, we pioneered this thing called digital adoption. You know, many of you would have heard about um, this concept of a walkthrough, walk me through a process. And, you know, we created that because off the back of our founder's mother's curiosity with technology, she wanted to complete um, a digital process. She wanted to do a banking transfer. She didn't know how to do it. So she called her son and he literally had to walk his mum through that process over the phone, say, mom, click here, click here, click here, add that in there, etc. Had to do it two or three times. And, you know, at the end of the third go, he said, you know, maybe there are some other mums and dads out there who might benefit from uh, this thing. And, you know, our original name was maketutorial.com. Wasn't so sexy. Yeah. I'm glad we evolved into Walk Me. And today, we're arguably one of the fastest growing SaaS companies in the world. So, I mean, you know, if people like to benchmark us, uh, I think we're probably in the top four or five companies to make it to $100 million in subscription revenue in, in about five years. So it gives you a velocity and the scale of the problem that we're trying to solve. And some analysts believe, you know, we account for about 50, 60% of the market today. 
And that's both a daunting yet humbling position to be in because, you know, we, our, our mission at the end of the day is how we can impact humanity one technology piece at a time. Wow. That's a, that's a grand mission as well. I love the story about like it was the, it was the mums that inspired this. I absolutely love that. Um, isn't it just so very classic? And I'm sure there's everybody here that can relate to that, particularly when you get parents that get to a certain age and it's almost like they're just like, I don't want to do technology anymore. My dad does the same thing. Even though he's uh, he's been retired a few years, he does love to phone me up and say, how do I fix this? And I feel like saying, dad, you know how to fix this. But I tell you what, let me walk you through it. So I do like that. I do like that. And obviously, as you said, like fastest growing, one of the fastest growing SaaS companies as well in the world. I mean, that's not just with, we're going to talk today about the COVID situation. And in a second, I'd love to get your thoughts as to how much the landscape has changed, but certainly that that fast growth that you've seen, that's not just as a result of COVID, is it? That's a that's a longer term thing that you guys have seen. That was pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what 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 we've started seeing, you know, in this COVID world is, you know, it's quite interesting. And it depends on the lens you take, right? So I'll give you some examples. So if you look at the top end of town, right, the larger, more strategic, complex organizations, they are very, very clear in the strategic nature of a digital adoption platform. I mean, you know, I, I talked, you know, we, we do have over 2,000 customers, but at the top end, you know, it's very, very clear how they see it. And, you know, there are two areas that they see that are important. So agility, especially from a broadcasting of information, incredibly, incredible, uh, incredibly powerful, right? And, you know, I've got an example of, you know, a 16,000 employee company who needed to push out some content to the users and the implications were huge. Uh, and, you know, traditionally, you, you know, you, you pen an email, you try and figure out the email, you try and figure out where you want to, how, how you want to disseminate it. And that can take you days or weeks. Here, because of the digital adoption platform and because, you know, you can reach the broad user base quite quickly, they were able to create the content, get it approved and publish it within 10 minutes. So if you wow. think about it, that's a 10 is that's about a $10 piece of work right so when you start thinking about agility time to value cost of value especially around effectiveness and efficiencies associated with communications it's huge right mm-hmm. i mean I, one which is true story both true stories but this one from um, you know from an insurer so we had an insurer who um, had a lot of their support capacity offshore and some of those offshore locations went into lockdown, you know, and immediately they lost probably 50, 60% of the ability to support insurance claims, which, you know, pretty, uh, pretty important thing in this day and age. And what mm-hmm. we were able to do, right, we were able to build content, stand it up within a 10-day period. So they had a minimal viable product within a 10-day period as they onboarded employees through into those roles. And what we witnessed firsthand was how we could build different types of content and create what we call the multifaceted employee who now could actually handle more than two or three different tasks. You know, we saw average handling times come down um, and agents basically being able to serve multiple use cases. So that's kind of like at the top end of town, very core, very strategic to the business. But not much difference at the lower end of town. We we had uh, a lifestyle provider. You know they have you know they they, they manage a lot of uh, gymnasiums, 
health clubs, etc. And as they saw COVID spreading through the, through North America, they realized there was no chance of, people, of them opening up in the near term. And so they proactively then started leveraging WalkMe to communicate with end users to say, hey, listen, if you're in this state, this is what's happening. Um, we are prepared to give you a moratorium on your, 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 your monthly subscriptions. Instead of calling up, click here and you'll be guided through that process. Now, when we did the math with them, they felt during that month, we effectively helped them deflect 26,000 support tickets. So when wow. you start thinking about that now, again, to build all that content out, to have that type of experience was, was a matter of hours, right? Because of the agility and flexibility. And the one that I love the most is, well, I love because of the story. I don't love the implications of the story. So we have a, a telehealth provider in France and, you know, they've been seriously impacted with what's happening with uh, this virus. And they needed to onboard 80,000 healthcare professionals in a week on this telehealth platform. Okay. Nice. They use WalkMe. We help them onboard 80,000 healthcare professionals in a week. And now they've gone one step further. They realize now they've on onboarded the, the healthcare workers. Now the question is, how do I engage with the customer, the patient? And so yesterday we went live to 150,000 users or patients, right? Uh, in under 40 days. So when you think about the type of, you know, innovation that we're pushing out, you're pushing out innovation at speed. And that's really mm -hmm. what a digital adoption platform is really doing. And so when you think about the implications, what's interesting is this whole, this whole period of time, we're starting to see a spotlight being shone on the inefficiencies of the past, right? Where before it was really around, hey, let's go and drive to you know, a go live on a program of work, let's not worry too much about whether anybody uses it, but the go live was the finishing post. Today, the go live is just a moment in time. It's really around how you can drive uh, the business forward by how. Yeah. So I like to call it the power of how. I like that, the power of how. I like that. I think as well, what's, what's fascinating is if you can streamline some of those processes, like you said, with some of the employees getting, you know, emails or, or activities that can go from a week to 10 minutes, as you mentioned, the level of engagement that you're going to get from your employees, because there's nothing more frustrating, is there, than when you get technology and you have to, I don't know, I, I've had instances where I'll, uh, maybe I'm buying something and you get a chatbot that will pop up and you ask a question and you have to re-answer or re-ask the same questions. Or if you, if you want to submit something and then you sit there thinking, I want this information now, I don't want to have to wait for a week for somebody at my broadband provider or my television company to get back to me. I think that's from a customer point of view, that's fantastic. And um, from an internal customer, obviously that's what we're talking about here. Employees being able to get that instant access of information, it actually will have a massive impact from an engagement point of view, won't it? Absolutely. I think what we have to realize, we live in a consumer world mm. and the enterprise we used to talk about the user experience needing to be more consumer driven. But I think what we now have to shift is not just the user experience, but the holistic digital experience has to be in the moment. Because if it's not in the moment, right, why would I hang around? I can go somewhere else and I can go figure it out somewhere else. And we, we've seen people abandon. I mean, uh, I'll talk about design principles a little later on. 
And those design principles are there to help guide how you build the content so that you're one step ahead of really creating an overall consumer experience that's digital. Yeah. I think the other thing that I picked out just from what you said, which was really interesting, was around when you talked about the 26,000 support tickets sort of uh, saved and the time that 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 brings but i think the word that punk that the two there's two words that sprung to my head efficiency and then also data so we've talked in our hr on the offensive report white paper about um the importance of hr teams getting better at using data and again i guess it's just before we move on to our next point it's just you can see with platforms like what me the value of that because if you're able to evidence that and show that to a senior management team look at how much time has been saved the efficiency has been saved they can spend less time worrying on tactical type of activities like these support tickets and more on okay well now that we've saved all of this time for some of our people what else can we get them to be doing that can help us to become more productive as a team as a workforce no, absolutely. And so, and so I'll talk about the design principles now. It's, you know, yeah. I mean, what, 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 we, what we do, right? Uh, so last year, we, you know, we collected, oof, I, think, I would like to say, yeah, it was um, almost a billion events on our platform. Okay, so rather large sample size. And we wanted to understand what was really going on in the world of digital. And we learned a couple of things and very, very interesting. Firstly, on average, it was taking people, or rather people were spending approximately six and a half minutes, right, on a particular digital form in their business, six and a half minutes. And what we were finding, you needed actually to click, uh, complete three forms to complete a process. So that's about a 20-minute ordeal, okay? What we were also learning was that the error rates going in, right, was significant, but people were only spending about two and a half percent of their time cleaning up error rates. So think about it. So you bought this new, all this new technology to have better data, to have better visibility to execute on your business. And straight off the bat, you've got people circumventing the rules and just populating it with poor data and no one cleaning stuff up. Now, you heard about me talking about, you know, six and a half minutes on a digital form. What we then found out was on average, right, the so-called ideal time to complete a process before someone abandoning it was approximately 80 seconds, eight zero. So about a minute and a half. Okay, and everyone's like, well, hang on a second. How, did you, how can you get there? And what we learned was the way you get there is if you can rethink the, the experience, if you can blend a bit of guidance, a bit of proactive engagement, and if you can automate all the dead spots in the process, all the click, 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 click in, in something, you can actually shrink, you can actually shrink that end-to-end -end process quite considerably. And what we learned was if you could shrink those things considerably, your abandonment rate, when you blended all those things together, right, kind of fell quite dramatically. In fact, completion rate spiked as high as 63%. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. So, so now, you, now we know how long it takes. We know there are some challenges around data. We now know the ideal time to complete. We understand how to bring the time to execution down. We also know two things, which is very, very interesting. About half the users need help in the flow of work, in the middle of the process, not at the very beginning. So the data was very close. 49% of people needed help at the start. 
51% needed help in the middle. So what you're starting to realize is that there is no, there is no such thing as the, uh, you know, the one type of user. So you need to be able to have content that can be delivered in the flow of work at the time that you need it. That's number one. And the second thing that we realized was if you didn't have the ability to build content that could branch into the core of your processes, right? So you go through door A, you have a set of like examples. If you go through door B, a different set of answers. You needed to have that core built out for it to be truly, truly meaningful in work. So mm. the design principles are very much alive. And I think any, any digital adoption platform provider should be able to share these types of design principles with the field. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's really interesting, actually. That's really interesting. So I'm just going to move us slightly towards back towards the, obviously, the COVID situation um, and where we're at at the moment. So sure. let's, let's talk just broadly speaking, um, your thoughts on how important the role of digital adoption solutions are, particularly now. Because obviously we've talked about how you guys have how you guys have been getting on. We talked about how you've supported other businesses and some of those numbers that you gave us around the support tickets solved or the, the physical hours that saved or the number of people that have been onboarded. Um, have you seen many other changes since we went into lockdown compared to pre-lockdown for you guys as a business? Is there anything that you anything else you can kind of pick out that's, that you've just found fascinating? Um, you know, things like, has there been any spikes in certain parts in your platform that you haven't already mentioned, of course? So first of all, it's been a very, very interesting time for us. And we've been tracking uh, usage and content build on the platform, right? And what I can share with you is year on year, when, and I'm just looking at the numbers here, from, from February through to April, we have seen a 98% increase, 98% increase in content being built during COVID times, right? Wow. And what we have seen is that, and I'm just squinting a little bit here, that 89% of all total content is actually being built in-house. Okay. Which is, which is a very, very interesting uh, stat. Why? Because most people think, oh, you build some content and you, you go on your merry way. But what's very, very clear and what this period is telling us is transformation and digital adoption is not a static destination, right? Change is constant. And so if you don't have in, I would say, in-house capability, you're never going to drive the richness around your digital initiatives. Right. So what we're seeing here is content is on the rise. The vast majority of content is being built by customers themselves. I mean, you know, I can tell you that from a um, uh, productivity and business continuity perspective, right, month on month, right, we saw a 36% increase in the month of April. Okay. Yeah. In terms of actionable communication content in April, we saw a 53% increase. Right? So people are using it as a, the, the platform in that manner. What we then saw, again, in the month of April, right, process simplification, we're seeing 40% increase in customers using a digital adoption platform to simplify the processes that they have. So, you know, really, really powerful data. I can talk to you around 
uh, we, we've had different organizations, uh, such as a there was a particular financial services organization where we saw a 25 time spike in engagements on their website with their customers. Right. Mm. So what you're seeing is you're also seeing using digital adoption platforms as a as an interface between consumer and customer, whilst enhancing that end, um, what do you call it, that, that end experience there. We saw, you know, an example with a video conferencing solution, right? Same thing. We saw 12 times spike in the way uh, customers were engaging with them on their website. So you can start, you can start understanding the code that's behind all of this. And as you dissect it, what you're able then to do is to create journeys and events that really are meaningful. I've got yeah. two more examples, right? So, yeah, go for it. you know, we saw on, on our CRM platforms, you know, the, the spike was close to 220% in engagement of using Walk Me content on CRM systems. So just think about that. You know, all of a sudden, you think in times of COVID, nobody's selling anything or nobody's using CRM, but all of a sudden, we saw this spike. Why? Because guess what? People were working from home. We didn't have someone standing next to us, you know, whispering over our shoulder, hey, click that, do this, do that. We saw a 240% spike in growth of, you know, how people were using content on ITSM platforms. So help desks, right? Support ticket systems on collaboration tools. Mm -hmm. So when you start peeling back the onion and when you start thinking about how work has changed, people still need the help. People still need the assistance. The question is, how are they going to get that in mm. the new environment that they're in? And that's why I call it the power of how. Yeah, I love that. Like I said, I love the power of that. And so in terms of all of this additional content that's being created on your platform, I guess the question that just popped into my head, and as you know, this is a podcast for HR professionals, is who's producing all of that content? And is it putting a lot of pressure, do you think, on HR teams? Because you've suddenly got employees that are using these platforms, but actually HR teams have also then got to, they've got to struggle to keep up. And, you know, you've got everywhere globally, you've got companies that are, you know, cutting back, you've got redundancies taking place. There might be some HR teams that are suffering. There might be some HR teams that are having to work. Well, most HR teams are having to work even harder do you see or have you seen that there has been a lot more stress being put on hr teams to or or individuals to try and produce some of this content i think the first part is we're seeing hr teams coming under the spotlight around what their role is when it comes to covid that's the first part mm. so you know when you think about the stages stage one is keep the employee safe stage two keep the customer safe stage three is right sizing the, the, the organization, and then stage four is, okay, let's figure out what we do next. And I think what we're starting to see when it comes to HR is, is there an evolution between I am the owner of a system of record or am I the owner of an employee life cycle? Right? And there's a fundamental difference, and I think for the longest time, HR has been struggling with that. Now, when we start looking at... HR as the owner of a system of record, what I'm seeing is a lot of risk mitigation coming out, mm. right? So I'll give you an example. Um, there, was a, there was a prospect of mine who called me and said, I need, Raj, I really need some help. I said, what's going on? He says, we went live with this system 
And guess what? We only had 59% of employees log in, right? And right now, I can tell you that I don't have next of kin information. I don't have emergency contact information. Um, and we're, we're, we're living in a pandemic. Kind of scary, yeah, right? Yeah, scary. Now, I would challenge you guys at least to go do an audit of all your customers. And I don't use the word audit in a negative term. Go and find out how many of them have all of that filled in. Yeah. Now, traditionally, what would have HR needed to do? They would have needed to figure out who, who, who didn't have it. They would need to have figured out the communication. They would have had to build something out. They would have then figured out how to push it out. Hopefully, some people would have done it. Then they would have been inundated with phone calls. Then, And I think you get the general idea. Yeah. Well, we sat down with this client. They had a builder. I said, okay, why don't you build out a shout out, which is a proactive engagement piece, which you know appears on your screen as a pop-up saying, hey, come do this. There's a link there. You click on the link. It takes you cross-platform. It automates all the clicks and takes you to the page in which you need to complete the process. And by the way, we put some data validation there. So in case you forget that an email has a symbol at something.com or whatever it may be, we make sure that you just can't put rubbish in there, right? How long did that take us to do? 10 minutes. So is that putting more pressure on HR in, uh, on HR functions? I think it's actually making HR now a problem solver. And I think it's giving HR the power to be able to keep that very, very close relationship with the employee, especially when all employees now are decentralized. So, mm. you know, uh, is it more stress or less? I think I think we're solving problems. That's what I like to hear. It's good to hear that. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, right. We're just coming towards actually the end of the podcast. I can't believe how quickly this has gone. Some really, really great insight from you and some great numbers there on how you're supporting uh, businesses. But let's get crystal ball. I do love a crystal ball. And if anybody listens to this regularly, you'll often hear me talking about my crystal ball question, which is looking towards the future. And I'm keen to get your thoughts on what you think the future holds for digital adoption platforms. So yeah, just as we uh, wrap up today's podcast, if you can give us um, um, Raj's 60, 60 cent worth of, uh, of what the future holds for, uh, for, for digital auction platforms. Okay. This is my pound, right? My oh, pound, pound for my, my, my pound for, for my Yorkie <laughs> bar. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think that three, and I'll, and I'll close on three things. I think the first thing is we're going to start seeing an evolution in digital adoption platforms where not all are the same. So I think you're going to start seeing niches appear. Uh, and very few providers provide a holistic end-to-end -end proposition that transcends the tech stack. Because I think what, what's going to happen is you'll see innovation that just address point solutions. And this has been the case in all software evolutions over mankind. So I think number one is not all DAPs are going to be the same. Some will be niche. Very few will be end-to-end -end across the tech stack, mobile, web, on-prem, desktop. Okay, that's number one. I think number two, I think the birth of a new industry is already upon us. So there is no doubt that the digital adoption consultant is a very real job, very real role with very real implications for the future, right? So similar to you know what Salesforce did with the admin, just think about it. We've already got 2000 customers today, many of which have internal capability. The global systems integrators have practices. So this is real stuff, 
right? And I think you're going to get very, very soon uh, where as an organization, uh, people are going to ask, where, where are my digital adoption consultants, right? Because this is going to be like a thread that goes through every step of the way, which will lead right, to an extension of point number two to the acceleration of centers of excellence within organizations, right? And the moment organizations internalize that change is constant, right, they'll realize that change consultants, digital change consultants, are a core competence to the organization. That's number two. And finally, the third thing is, I think digital adoption platform providers need to be brave enough to start sharing design principles because these are the key differentiators for organizations today. This is not about you know, one platform is bad and the other is good or better. This is purely around, look, we know that the ugly truth out there is people aren't using software. So let's go figure it out. And to figure it out, we need to understand how the human engages with software so that we can make that software more human-like. So those are the three things that I think will happen not are already happening in the market today that's that's really great to hear actually it's really fascinating so we've got the niche uh, niches of digital adoption platforms moving across uh, we've got digital adoption consultants and then sharing design principles love it raj it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today sir uh, thank you very much for sharing some time with us um it's been uh, it's been good to have you on if you'd like to i know i've said this before on this podcast a few more times but if you'd like to subscribe or just listen to us as a live stream you can get that on the lace partners website which is lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast you can also find us on soundcloud if you search for hr on the offensive we're also on uh, apple itunes at tune in and spotify and also stitcher as well so just search hr on the offensive and you'll come across our podcast that's it for us for today uh, we'll be back next thursday with another podcast um, raj once again thank you very much for joining us absolute pleasure thanks for having me stay safe and look forward to speaking to you again soon and we will speak to you all next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.